Scripted Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Dan Hummer, and I'm here with my gracious and beautiful brother, Eric. <laughs> and How our good friend, Doug, is here. How we doing, Doug? Pretty, <laughs> pretty good. I was trying to think of a comeback, but uh, I can't do that thing on your birthday weekend, so. Oh, that's sweet. Happy birthday. Happy birthday coming up. Eric on his, but. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We got a hell of a show tonight. We got Hardcore Justice 2011 from TNA. We haven't done a TNA uh, pay-per-view or anything in a while, so we figured we'd hit up this. Yeah. And it's funny that, like, we're doing uh, a TNA pay-per-view here, you know, especially one that's kind of featuring Sting with the news that Sting has said that come, uh, come March he's retiring. Final uh, Revolution 2024. AEW Revolution. Final Resolutions at TNA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Uh, and they've done Revolution before, right? Yeah. Revolutions, their usual February or March event. But in the women's one yeah. for WWE was Evolution. Right. Er, okay. Evolution, yeah. But it's the woman's revolution. <laughs> yes. It does get confusing. <laughs> And another good reason why we're doing the TNA pay-per-view this weekend is because tomorrow night at Bound for Glory, Mike Tanay and Don West take uh, take their place in the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yes. Uh, I mean, and, and Mike Tanay, well, Mike Tanay did the call here. Don West, of course, wasn't with him. Don was actually running the, the shop TNA. Do they call it shop TNA? I think. Yeah, I think so. ShopTNA.com. Yeah. Or TNA so, shop, because he, Don was a Don was a salesman. Yeah. Like he was a, he was a really good salesman because like he had those uh, you know those pitches you know like Doc Hendricks used to have uh, on the the on the old uh, Raws in like '95 and all that. Yeah. Uh, and Don kind of did the same thing for TNA. Even when he was doing the broadcasting, he would always, you know, shell out, like, you know, take out the DVDs. You find this on shoptna.com for like 20 bucks. And then uh, when he, you know, in 2009, when Taz came in, they brought Taz in to be Samoa Joe's manager. And he managed uh, Joe for like three weeks. And then he decided, he's like, you know what? I'd rather be a commentator. And uh, so that would it had to have meant either make it a three man booth or get rid of uh, or you know get rid of Don West. They didn't want to get rid of Don, but the person that they had running the uh, the website was apparently doing a shitty job. So they asked Don. They said, "Hey, do you want to just run the website for us and do like all the commercials and shit?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." He said, "Sure." Yeah. 
so he got he got promoted to head of the website, and then he ended up back on TV like six weeks later anyway because he was managing Amazing Red. Amazing Red. Yeah. So. Can't forget about him. Yeah, a lot of people have. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So they take their place tomorrow night along with Frankie Gazarian's wife, Tracy Brooks. Tracy's going in. Yeah, all three of them are going in. Uh, and it, it's going to be like it, the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame is kind of funny because like there's not necessarily like it, it's not even necessarily like a special because the way it all started out like back in the day was it was a it was a banquet dinner that like a hundred people were allowed to attend the TNA one yeah okay and out of those a hundred people were like 20 people that the guest of honor could invite, like yeah. family and friends. The rest of them had to be people that worked for Impact. And it wasn't even the boys. It was like suits. Yeah. It was basically people Dixie wanted there. Yeah. So, and it was like, uh, you get like a chicken dinner, and the chicken wasn't even cooked all the way, <laughs> or whatever, according to Bruce Pritchard. Because Bruce was actually the first one that... Bruce actually had to set up the first Hall, <laughs> the first Hall of Fame banquet, and he fucking hated it. And he said the chicken wasn't cooked. Yeah, he's like a shitty chicken. He goes, I doubt it was even cooked all the way. And then like, uh, and then like instead of like giving somebody a ring, a, you know, a Hall of Fame ring, yeah. they gave him a, uh, like a, a seventy-five dollar watch, and. But like, uh, but I guess like it's kind of a volatile because you know you do want to get put into a Hall of Fame at some point. Yeah. You know, even if it's a Hall of Fame where for a company that only twenty people. I was supposed to say of a dead company. Yeah. But there's a lot of people for that company that you know busted their asses. Yeah. You know. And I'm not even necessarily talking about like staying in Kurt Angle, even though they did they did a lot for that company. Yeah, they did. But I'm talking about like a guy like Abyss. Okay. When he got when he got put in, you know, Gail Kim when she got put in, you know, uh, Jeff Jarrett when he got put in. Yeah. Uh, and you know now you know with Mike and Don and Tracy. Because those three deserve it. Because they've been, you know, Mike and Don busted their asses for. Mike was calling uh, matches for the company for twelve years. Yeah. All right. And Don was with him for Don was with him for seven. And Tracy had been with the company since two thousand three. Or for a few spells. So, I mean, congratulations to all three of them. I'm, I'm happy for all three. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on. Hardcore Justice 2011. Yeah. Oh, you want me to do the, the quick recap of the... Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so last week we did the uh, our uh, draft for our Manager's Team Challenge Series, which you can find on Facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling through the years. Yeah. Uh, and... Two first-round series have already taken place. 
We had Team Akbar, which was drafted by our uh, our very own uh, Daniel. Yes. Uh, and, uh, against Team Sable, who was drafted, of course, by our very own Clintus, who was very unwilling to do impressions last week. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. At least we got him to do the fucking show. Yeah. All right. So... Uh, Akbar, or Akbar's team was consisted of uh, George the Animal Steel, the Road Warriors, Harley Race, and Gentleman Chris Adams. Sable's team was consisted of the Dudleys, Brock Lesnar, Razor Ramon, and Kenny Omega. Akbar's team won 36-24. to 24. So you are going to move on. There still could be a chance that Clintus could move on if, you know, he has enough points. 24 points might help him. Second match we did was Team Luna Vachon, which was me. Yes. Uh, So I kicked Clintus ass. You had him. Had not Razor Ramon got him those big points, that big 10-point victory at the end against Chris Adams? Yeah. It would have been 36-14. So I still won, though. You still won. Uh, You kicked the the hell out of him pretty good. Good. I mean, there was a couple ties in there, but, like, you had about three or four lopsided. Lopsided victories. All right, we had Team Luna Vachon, which was my team, which consisted of Samoa Joe, the Powers of Pain, uh, Chris Jericho, and Buff Backwell. Right. Taking on uh, Missy Hyatt, the Team Missy Hyatt, which Eric drafted, which consisted of The Rock, the Public Enemy, uh, Johnny Gargano and Jake the Snake Roberts. It was close, but Luna won forty to thirty-four. More than likely, Air, uh, Missy Hyatt's team will be able to move on to the second round because thirty-four points is actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, now the competition we have going on right now is your team, Daniel, which is Team Jimmy Hart. Okay. Taking on Eric's team of Team Paul Heyman. Of course, Jimmy Hart's team consists of Hulk Hogan, the Earthquake, uh, Mongo McMichael, and the Nasties. And then uh, the Heyman team consists of Sam Punk, Vader, Barry Horowitz, and Aaron Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Mm. Right now, and again, we got about another 11 hours of this to run, Hulk Hogan has beaten CM Punk 12-8. Vader is beating Earthquake 15-1. to I don't believe this, but Barry Horowitz is beating Steve Mongo McMichael 10 to 5. Shout out to Barry. And Arn and Tully are beating the Nasties 15 to 3. What? So, now. This one ain't looking. So, Eric might beat me. Well, in this first set, remember, there's two more sets because everybody, all the singles guys are going to face each other at least once. Yeah. So Hogan yep. still has to face uh, Barry Horowitz, oh boy, and and Vader. Okay. Okay. So you still get, you know, you're still going to get points. I mean, more than likely, a lot of your points are going to come from Hogan. Uh, but it's not it's not over yet. But that's basically what we got going on right now. Now we can move on to Hardcore Justice. Because I think that's all. That's all I got. We hope. All right. 
What, Eric? I said the funny thing is, it's called Hardcore Justice, but there was no hardcore matches on this card. I know. It was really weird. I thought there was going to be at least one. All right. Let's get into it. Brian Kendrick, Alex Shelley, and Austin Aries opens up the card. These are three talented guys. Tell her the best way to say no, in my words. Uh, What did you think of this one? All right. So this was actually – this was a weird – this was kind of weird to me because Brian Kendrick was doing the whole Wizard of Odd thing. Uh, Fuck you. And uh, he was doing the whole Wizard of Odd thing, and then you had Austin Aries come back. He won the the opportunity. He won a contract to get back with the company. Alex Shelley's on his own because Chris Saban tore his, I think, tore his knee. Okay. It was a it, it and these were three really good guys in that in the X division. Yes. Uh so it yes. was a really good opener. Uh but you knew that they were grooming Austin Aries for a run. But that's why Alex Shelley took the pin. So uh I mean I, I give it a seven out of ten. Okay, what do you give it, Eric? I give it a seven out of ten too. I thought it was solid opener. Uh, I was surprised Kendrick was one. I thought I thought um I thought Aaron was gonna win. But I think he eventually wins, right? The title. The next month, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was a fun uh it was a fun opener. I thought out of all the guys, I mean, Austin Aries probably could have won this or something. I don't know about Brian Kendrick at that time. Uh, well, again, they were Aries would eventually win it. Yeah. And then he would have like I think like a nine or ten month run. Mm-hmm. So he would get that. Right. But they were, you know, they were trying something new with Kendrick. This whole Wizard of Oz thing, which was basically he was just he didn't like wearing clothes. Yeah. Pretty much is what he did. He was one with the earth. He didn't like wearing shoes. He was a hippie. Yeah. And, but like, it was just, it was goofy. It was goofy Brian Kendrick. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I give it a seven myself. All right. Moving on. The knockouts tag belts. We have TNT, Miss Ta- Tess Mocker, and Tara. Uh, versus Mexican America, which is Rosita and Sarita, and uh, it's kind of crazy that Rosita is the only one that's still working to this day. Yeah, well, I guess Tara had a spell in NWA. Yeah, but uh, well, she Rosita uh, was only where is she now? Twenty one at the time. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. So I mean, she still she was still a kid at the time, and this was. And this, to me, was like a match that I don't think you really needed to put this on pay-per-view. But, you know, it's a title match, so I get uh, I get why. 
But uh, I don't know. I just I, I it was okay, but it wasn't great. I, I I would give it like a five. Yeah, I'll give it a four. But but I think you I don't know if they're all. I guess who who do you think is the most talented of the four? That's my. The most talented of the four? At the time, Tessmacher. Now, obviously, it's Zelina. Yeah. Tessmacher was better than Tara? I was I was never really a fan of uh, Tara's. Not even as Victoria? No. Oh. I'm around enough, enough crazy bitches. I don't see, need to see another one on my TV. Yeah. Speaking of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I like them as a team. I thought it was weird. It was definitely something they were trying out. But uh, yeah, do you think the right women won? Yeah, because I think at the time, like they had these knockouts tag titles, but they were kind of be kind of being treated like a joke. I mean, now yeah. the impact the the impact knockout tag team titles are. Are treated with respect, or yeah, somewhat. But More back so then, than the so, women's yeah. one. WWE. I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, not like six months after this, Eric Young and ODB won them for Christ's sake. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. This seemed like two legitimate teams going against each other, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because Tessmach and like Tara were like legit friends. Yeah. All right. What would we give it as a rating? Well, I gave it a five. I give it a four. I'll give it a five as well. All right. D'Angelo, De Niro, and Devon. Ah, uh, this was the kind of we're in the middle of the angle of D'Angelo De Niro wanting Devon's kids to become his kids, and it was getting creepy and stupid. Yeah. Uh, and Devon's kids looked more like they needed to be in the Fat Albert movie rather than uh, rather than in a wrestling ring. Yeah. Uh, and to me, like, nothing against Devon, and Pulp was okay. I thought the match sucked. I'm giving it a four. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. And Matt Morgan's commentary was annoying, too. Yeah. Oh, you know, D'Angelo De Niro, he doesn't care about the series. He goes, I tore my my shoulder, you know, trying to win this series. And D'Angelo De Niro is just throwing it away just because he wants to become the new father to Devon's kids. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what he's fucking doing. That's what's happening, Bubby. Yeah, uh, Yeah, this match kind of sucked. I like the Bound for Glory series, but this yeah. was kind of lackluster. Well, that kind of uh, is what kind of inspired the uh, Team Challenge series that we're doing. Yeah. Right. I, lo- I love the um, Glory series. Yeah. I, w- I wish they would do it either in WWE or some other organization. So, uh, does TNA still do it? No, they they quit doing it after like three years. So the okay. Bound for Glory series, it was kind of just like a way to kind of push, you know, it's 12 guys. 
Yeah. Right. Twelve guys who were fighting for a title, fighting for a title shot, and they did it better, I think, in 2012 because it was you had to wrestle everybody once. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that was how that happened, and it was what seven points for a pin, ten points for a submission, five for a count on three for a DQ. Yeah. And then maybe two for a draw or something mm-hmm. like that. And then I yeah. think like the first year, the first year it was if you got disqualified, you lose, you lose ten. Yeah. But then I don't think they did that after. But they just made that yeah. a rule so they could fuck RVD on this card. Yes. Well, and also too, that actually was starting Samoa Joe's like decline because Samoa Joe couldn't win a match. Yeah. In this particular year, in this particular series. So when he uh, started losing a match, he's just like, "All right, I can't catch up, so I'm just gonna start fucking guys up." Yeah. So he injured Crimson. He injured D'Angelo De Niro. He injured Devon. He's just like, I'm going to injure everybody to where they can't participate in the series anymore. I'm the only guy left. I have I win by default. That's smart. Yeah, there's twelve guys in the series, yeah. he injured three. So he was like a he was a quarter of the way there. Uh but no You think it would work today? Uh if you find if you could find twelve people that are that you think could could carry a series because remember like it's going to be about because tna was really pushing like the wrestling back back yeah like i could see aew trying it yeah and because they're all they should about wrestling you know they have they they probably could with who with who they have like because you have you could probably scrounge up 12 guys on the roster yeah you probably do the same yes. thing in WWE, WWE if you wanted to. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, or do like six guys from NX, six guys from Raw, six guys from SmackDown, or whatever it may be. It 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 could work if it's done right, and if you like, don't make it so predictable. Like in 2011, I don't like in 2011 the guy who dominated the series for the first like because the series started in June. He dominated it till August, till Samoa Joe took him out, and that was Crimson. And Because they made it look like Crimson was going to win the series. All right? In 2012, it was dominated the entire way by by uh, James Storm. Yeah. And then he lost in the semifinal. Right. Okay? And then uh, that en- the shot ended up going to Jeff Hardy, which... Jeff Hardy was like third on the, or was like fifth on the fucking leaderboard for the longest time. He wasn't even up there, but they had to do like the Jeff Hardy resurrection tour. They needed, you know, because they were finally uh, giving him his redemption after everything that happened the year prior. Yes. 2013, it was AJ Styles. uh, And he basically like, Nobody thought he was going to win. Like everybody, again, was predicting it was going to be Magnus because he was he was the hot hand. Yeah. Okay. But then AJ, because they were doing the storyline where he was going to win the TNA title and then walk out of the company because he didn't have a contract. Yeah. So it's just you have to make sure you have continuing stories if you want to do something like this. Yeah, I agree. 
And yeah. that's something they could do. Yeah, and Devon and D'Angelo. I could see Right. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, but this match sucked. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. We already rated it? Yeah. yeah. I set a four. I give it a three. Me too. All right, Winter versus Mickey James for the title. All right. Uh, the thing about this match is uh, it started off as kind of like at Slammiversary a couple months earlier, it was Mickey James beating Angelina Love. Angelina Love, you know, with the more established talent. Obviously, Winter used to be Katie Lee Virtual in, in WWE. But Angelina Love was the more established TNA talent. Now, the whole Winter Angelina Love storyline started because Winter came in. She was kind of a, a, a stalker of Angelina's. They win the knockouts tag titles together. And then they lose the knockouts tag titles because of Vel- uh, Velvet Sky, Angelina's beautiful people tag team partner. So Winter starts drugging Angelina Love. Yes. And kind of putting her, turning her into a zombie and kind of, you know, mind controlling her. Yeah. Okay. And it started helping out. Like they started kind of targeting Mickey James. And then after a while, like Angelina was just like, all right, winner, you don't have to drug me anymore. Like I'm on your side. Yeah. Uh, it, the whole thing was stupid. Did she really tell her you don't have to drug me anymore? Yeah. It was actually the Slammiversary pay-per-view, like during the during the uh, interview before uh, Angelina wrestled Mickey for the title. Winter went to give her another pill, and Angelina's like, "You don't have to do that anymore, Winter. Like I'm with you." That's crazy. Yeah, it was it, it was dumb, and it's just like it started off cool. Yeah, because, like, Angelina kind of being in, like, this this zombie state. And basically what it, what it kind of just seemed like at first was just, like, you know, uh, what, they, what they were trying to make it almost seem like. Because there would be, like, intimate moments between the two. Like, you'd see, like, Angelina, like, on the, you know, on the massage table in winter, like, sensually rubbing her down and all that. Yeah. Uh, you know. For all of our younger listeners, go away for about 10 minutes. Uh, but, like, they would do kind of, like, weird stuff like that. And, and yes, it started off kind of cool because it's just like, oh, Angelina, she's this badass zombie. Uh, but why not give her the title? Why give it to Winner? Yeah. I mean, I was never I, I was never really impressed with Angelina's work anyway. Uh, so... But, like, this match here, I mean, it, it was a good match. Mickey James is good. Winner, Winner's decent. I do think it was a shit title change. Yeah. Well, I'm only going to give it, like, a six and a half. Hardcore country! Yeah, which you hate, by the way. I give it a five. Uh, I give it a five. Yeah. I give it a five. And then it was a, all I right, didn't think he should have been. Yeah, I mean, I still think it should have been Angelina, but that's just you know me. Yeah, I agree with that. I wouldn't have talked to a winner. All right, next up we got Crimson with RVD. 
going against RVD in the Bound for Glory series. Yeah, and Jerry Lynn's in the corner. And because uh, this is coming off RVD beating Jerry Lynn at uh, Destination X, I believe. And now Jerry's acting yeah. like his boy. Yeah. Even though Jerry Lynn technically screwed him, <laughs> screwed him in this match. Does he keep doing that, or? Yeah, he did it a few times. Does RVD like do anything about it, or? Uh, he yelled the last time he did it because he actually cost RVD because RVD had to do kind of like a playoff match against uh, Gunner to see who would advance to the final four yeah. of the series, like right before No Surrender. Jerry Lynn accidentally, you know, air quotes, uh, cost him the match. And then when RVD went to, uh, said, all right, whatever, turned his back on him, Jerry Lynn, you know, kind of got him from behind. Did it go, did it do another match or no? Uh, Bound for Glory, yeah. Oh. And I'm guessing RVD won that? Yeah. yeah. And he'll turn with um, slowly. You could see it coming. Yeah. You knew Jerry was going to do something. You knew Jerry wanted to screw him over. Yeah, but why is Jerry still wrestling? Uh, was he still good? He he was okay. I think. Is he 40, I think? Or no, he was, uh, he was like 47, 48 years old. It kind of felt like a waste of RBD at the time. Yeah. Well, because I, I, yeah, they had so many guys there at the time. I mean, you even you had guys in the company at the time that weren't even getting a shot at the pay per view. Yeah. Uh, you know, like yeah, and Samoa Joe obviously is the one that kind of jumps off the page the most. Yeah. Yeah, but, I was back with undercard. Right. Why did Crimson never work out? I think it was just a, a failure to connect with the audience. They, you can tell they wanted him to work. Yeah, I mean his work was his work was good. Was I? Ben Corbin, the one that brought him in, in his Amazing Red's younger brother, Little Red. Yeah. Hmm. Ben Corbin reminds me of Crimson. Why do you have to insult Crimson like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, this, this match was this match was good. I would give it a seven. I do think with them trying to push Crimson, I do think the right guy won. And uh, the whole deal with the DQ and the Jerry trying to fuck him, it was a little fucky, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, well, TNA is also known for fucky shit too. So big fucky. Yeah. I mean, hell, Dixie Carter ran the company for Christ's sake. Well, I'll, I give this one a six, actually. Yeah. For a DQ finish, it wasn't bad. I'm, right. Yeah, I give it a six. Yeah. I think I said seven. All right. Now we have Fortune, Fortune Four, and they keep doing the four, even though there's only three of them coming out for the yeah. six man tag. And there's five of them in the group. AJ <laughs> <laughs> <Is he> Styles, <laughs> Christopher Daniels, and Kazarian. Uh, they defeated Immortal, so you could tell Immortal was starting to be a dead fuck. Yeah. And uh, that was Abyss Gunner, who was... Remember when he was supposed to be something? Yeah, it actually started around here. Yeah, and now he's just a fucking idiot. Yeah. Uh, and Scott Steiner. Speaking of... <laughs> uh, 
All right. So basically what was going on here was that like the, the cracks in Immortal were starting to set. Everybody was kind of getting disappointed in Abyss. But also AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels were having a hard time getting along because AJ beat Christopher Daniels at Destination X and Christopher Daniels wanted a rematch and AJ's just like, dude, like, let it go. I beat you. I have to win. I have to win this Bound for Glory series. Like, knock it off. But Daniels wasn't really having it. And then, like, what I find kind of funny is, like, like the, the entrance, right? When they came out and they did, they're going through the music and Christopher Daniels is kind of doing, like, his, his strut to the ring. And it's just, like, even as a baby face, when he struts like that, I just want to punch him in the fucking face. Yeah. Like, that stupid-ass <laughs> fucking strut. That's like... Uh, Who, AJ? No, uh, Daniels. Yeah. But there, he's known for that strut yeah. now, okay? Like, yeah, it's just like... But it's dumb. Yeah. It's just like... Uh, SCU! Yeah. It's like what they... It's like how they dance in the cabana bar when they've had too many. Like, this Christ. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's going to work. Uh, actually, it's just, uh, <laughs> but, uh, the, ma- the match was good. It was a really good match. I think it was kind of a goofed up finish. You know, it, Abyss gets kicked in the head and then fucking, because AJ hit him, you know, Mike Tanay said it was like a springboard Pele, but it was the shittiest fucking springboard Pele I have ever seen. Well, it wasn't a bad Pele. It was just very sudden. Yeah. Because the Pele isn't a finish. Yeah. It's a fun, it's a fun move, but it's kind of like, what was the thing Shelton used to do? The dragon whip, right? Yeah. That's not really a great finish. You don't end with those. They're just cool moves. Like a Pele out of nowhere is what's cool about it. Is that he could hit a Pele out of nowhere. But him just doing it for the finish, it didn't work. Right. And Shelton could sometimes hit that dragon whip as a finish. Like, if he was wrestling, like, big, like, 400-pound guys that he couldn't T-bone. Or T-bone suplex, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So he would hit him with the whip. Yeah. Uh, But, uh... I thought the match besides that was all right action. It's one of the funner matches on the card. I didn't mean to pick such a mediocre TNA card for our for our big return to TNA. I mean it had I mean it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, there was some fun stuff on here including this. And it was this little yeah. experiment cuz weren't they supposed to bring the main event mafia back to feud with Fortune okay, so, or to feud with Immortal? All right. I'll I'll quick backstory it, right? All right, go ahead. All right. So that was that was the plan. Crimson came back. Crimson was supposed to be like the young, up and coming member of the main event mafia. Yeah. Alright. They were gonna bring him back. Uh and they, or they were bringing him in. Obviously, uh you know, Sting was already there, Kurt was already there, Scott Steiner, Booker T, Kevin Nat, huh? And Samoa Joe. Uh, no, Joe was not going to have anything to do with it. Okay. 
So, but Booker T and uh, Booker T, Kevin Nash, and Scott Steiner are all going to come back. Yes. Well, what ended up happening was Booker and Nash each got an offer to go to WWE to at least be in the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. All right, and Booker was getting – because they were getting sick of Matt Stryker on commentary, so they thought Booker would be better. Uh, And, you know, I think they were wrong, but obviously (laughs) they still think they're right. I didn't like Matt Stryker for a long time. Oh, I hated Matt Stryker, too. Uh, But, so... They, they brought Booker back for that. They signed Kevin Nash to a Legends deal. So they they took off. They went. But Scott Steiner came back in. Because that whole thing where it was supposed where Crimson's like, they are here, it was supposed to be the main event mafia. Like that February, February 3rd or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. That title match between... Uh, between Anderson and Hardy was supposed to be the main event mafia coming back and helping uh, helping right. Anderson win. Oh, and it, and because also too they didn't even know if Sting was coming back because at that point at that point too Sting was also being considered for. The the mania match that eventually went to Triple H against uh, against Undertaker and uh, oh yeah I remember that they, he was being considered for it but then Triple H decided he wanted it so they basically told Sting they said well you can still come in but you're not going to wrestle Undertaker at WrestleMania he said well fuck you I'll go back to TNA because. There was because TNA told them it's like if you come back you're winning the belt. So <laughs> it's either so it's either go to WWE, not get the match with Undertaker that you want because Triple H wanted it instead, and because he's the boss's son-in-law, he gets what he wants, or go back to TNA and win the belt. So he picked. I'll go back to TNA and win the belt instead yes. of getting because I'm not going to get the payday a lot. But yeah, so they that basically that whole turning uh, fortune babyface was basically just done because uh, members of the main event mafia, which it's not surprising, especially on Kevin Nash's part, decided fuck it, we're taking the money and we're fuck these guys. Yeah, fuck them hard. Yeah, which. Kevin Nash is known to do. Yep. So, and that's how we got Fortune, who was already a part of Immortal, yeah. turning out Immortal, because they had already announced a big announcement, right? Yeah. They already, already announced something they, was going to fight Immortal. Yeah, they had, to, they had to do something. And it was just like, and what was funny is that, like, that week, because I think, I even think that that week uh, that they did the big turn, I'm pretty sure that episode of Impact was live. 
Maybe. I'm not. And they had to do something big. So they they had to do something big. Scott Steiner was already coming back, but when they showed Scott Steiner's return, that's when like later on that weekend, that's when Nash and Booker decided to uh, you know made the jump over to WWE. And um, but yeah, they had they had to do something. So it was either you know not deliver anything, or just say, "Oh, Scott Steiner is the they," or fortune turns, and they went with fortune because those guys could technically be babyfaces. Yeah. yeah, and there was really no need for them to guy. be an immortal. It was just, this is when it was getting stupid because it was like, all right, Rick's with us. Rick's with Hogan and he's, and, and then it's like, why should Fortune fight him? I, it was stupid. And I loved AJ Styles. So as a kid, I was all over this because it's like, ah, he's a good guy again. Yeah. And so I was cool with that. But everything else about it, it doesn't really make sense. And the three of them looked pretty douchey around this time. Yeah. They... I liked the idea of Fortune and trying to do a new age four horsemen with small guys with Ric Flair next to him, but it obviously wasn't going to work. And uh, I mean, I guess it did work, but it didn't. It it didn't because of, uh, how do I put it? I mean, the four of them were friends. But they didn't have that swagger. Yeah, they just didn't have like AJ had it in him to be a top star, right? Yes. AJ had it in him to be a top star. Bobby Roode had it in him to be a top star. James Storm was always going to be a tag team guy. Yep. And. uh, Kazarian just Kazarian just didn't have it. He's a tag team guy too. Yeah. Well, not even a tag team guy. He was a, he was a smaller X division guy. Yeah. Isn't James Storm back in TNA? And AMW back together or something? Yeah, I dreamed that. Yeah. So, but I mean, I give I give the match overall. I give it a seven seven and a half. I give it an eight. I give it a seven. Oh no, I go seven and a half too. Cause should he finish? Yeah. But I thought I give it a seven. All three of these guys, because this is back with like Gunner. I, I get his personality might suck now, but I actually don't know enough. I just know he had controversy, but I, everybody has controversy now. So I let me look. We're, we're not gonna, we're not going to get into Gunner's controversy because to be honest with you, it's stupid. I don't even fucking know it, so well, we don't have to get it. It was no. just, yeah, yeah, it was just he made. Let he me learn support, about he put, he supported somebody that nobody likes. It was Trump, right? Yeah, he's a Trump guy. Yeah, yeah. that's what I figure. I don't care, and yeah. well, you know, we don't give a fuck about. Well, that. and that's but, the thing is that like, and with uh, so that's why I don't want to talk shit about him. Just for if he was just speaking freely, I don't know. Yeah, no, he was speaking freely, and then everybody got mad at him. But it's just like, why are you getting mad at him? For supporting the guy who, by the way, 
bought off the Florida governor so you guys can keep working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so it was a bunch of bullshit. He got he got ostracized for no fucking reason. But he was that's true. That's that's what happened. Yes. Okay. Uh, but back then he had like spunk to him. He had fucking he had this hyperness about him. It was fun watching him work because it was like intense almost. Yeah. Well, he's also he's also a former yeah. army uh, uh, war veteran. He's been to war. Yeah, and I guess that well, that definitely would help with that. Yeah. But it, you knew a gutter and Murphy. The gutter was probably the the star. Yeah. And uh, he ended up fucking doing some good shit there. And uh, I, I liked the little push they gave him. I remember watching it when I was a kid. I thought it was uh, well done. It, it was well done. Scott, you can tell is like this didn't work out the way he was going. He, <laughs> he's just like, why the f-? he goes. I'm getting paid. That's why I'm still here. Yeah, because it didn't seem like you could tell he came back for some cool shit and he didn't really get. Yeah, he's like, I'm in a fucking 2010, 2010 version of the NWO and it sucks. Yeah, I'm doing jobs with the fish. Yeah. Uh, Bully Ray and Mr. Anderson. This match I liked. I, I don't like the guy that went over, although it was right that he went over. I mean, I prefer him to go over a cliff, but uh, yeah, for the, for the biggest asshole in immortal, I just don't know why Mr. Anderson was such a good baby face. Why did you have to turn him heel and put him with this stupid group? And now you're trying to kind of make him baby face again, it, like in this, like against bullies, you know? It was just stupid to me. Anderson was so good at fighting opinion. immortal, he should have never been a part of it. All right. You know who TNA's uh, creative minds were at the time? Who, Doug? Who? Okay. I'm pretty sure Russo was already gone. If not, he was on his way out. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it was. But you had Bischoff was the executive producer of television. Terry uh, Daniels was already gone. Oh, you had Al Snow, Pat Kenny, Simon Diamond, Bruce Prichard. Jesus Christ. And Glenn Gilberti. Jeez. And obviously, you know, I'm sure Jeff Jarrett had somewhat of a say, right? Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Off, and, and, and Hogan. Hogan, because Hogan, oh, yeah, Hogan. You know, Hogan had no job title whatsoever. Dixie let Hogan make the final decision on everything. Was Jeff Jarrett swooping Dixie Carter? No. No. He was swooping uh, Kurt Angle's wife. Oh, okay. Karen Angle. Yes. Behind every yeah, great man is a know. woman that's taking money out of his wallet. Uh, anyway, I wanted to get that in at least once. So, yeah, it was a bad creative decision. I, that's what I'm saying. Mr. Yeah. Anderson should have always been fighting immortal. He yeah. was their stone cold, kind of. He was their fucking, like, rebel, the, the fucking, like, he was the guy. He was the dickhead, the shit talker. Yeah. He, he was a good baby face at the time. He was a good heel in WWE. He got the ball on, on Anderson. Huh? He dropped the ball on him. Same thing yeah, with Doesn't he drop the ball on Anderson too? Like they should have just had him win the title for Jeff Hardy when they fought before all the sting shit and everything. Well, all right. So he won it in January. Yeah. Okay. But he dropped it in February because they knew that they were going to get Sting back, and Sting was going to be on this crusade to get the company back for Dixie Carter. That's the storyline they were going with. 
Because yeah. they knew that they were always going to build to Sting and Hogan. That they were going to do like some they kind were of a fight. trying to recreate 97. Yes. That's why it was a nine-month build. Or no, seven-month build. Because they were trying to get back to Sting and Hogan, and Hogan was going to do things the right way this time. And he was going to do things the right way this time because he knew that he couldn't work and the match was going to be shit. But that was the deal that that was the deal that they had made is that they were going to do this long ass build, and they were going to because Hogan thought that if they could recreate '97, yeah. TNA was going to be big. The problem is, is that you know the people that were running WCW in '97. I mean, they were idiots, but they had like somewhat a bit, some kind of business sense. Dixie Carter, like, had no business sense. You would be better off being run by Dixie Carter, who was on Designing Women, and she was already dead. <laughs> even then, even though she was already dead, she still could have done a better job than this Dixie Carter. Yeah. Uh, it. It definitely didn't work, but I think it didn't work for various reasons. It was also like this, this, and this is how AEW is starting to feel. And I'm sorry. And like I said, it is 2011 TNA. Yeah. This is not much different than what we see on AEW and all those old fuckers. Right. And so, no offense, but I, I'm definitely seeing a lot of similarities. And now. I'm and this, this time, like, definitely, it felt like. Wow, all the old, and it's not even just WWE guys, but like WCW guys, but like Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and Eric Bischoff are running the show in 2011. Whoopee. Like, like 2010 when they came in. Yeah. Uh, Hogan and Bischoff's first night. Hall, six pack. Obviously, Kevin Nash was already there. Yeah. The Nasties come in. Fucking uh, Val Venus comes in as Sean Morley. Uh, that was a big night. A ton of people coming in. Like Hogan was trying to get uh, Beefcake in. He was yeah. trying to get Honky Tonk in. And Bischoff actually threatened their end their friendship if they did come in. Because <laughs> like we're not doing that shit. Like I get it. Like you're trying to get your guys jobs, but like, let's, not, let's, not, let's not kill the company right away. Yeah, because they had so many young, good, talented kids that were yeah. killing it, though. Oh, geez. And then you just have all these fucking dickheads take, like, like good spots away from the Christopher Daniels and the fucking Austin Aries and, and shit like that. Yeah. And AJ. Uh, but, like, Bully and Anderson were two guys that, like, brought value, though. Yeah. Those were two guys that, like, made, like, they, their shit worked, just like Kurt's shit worked. A lot of the other, like, it just didn't feel right. Like, Bischoff and Hogan and Immortal, it was just like, why are you still fucking here? It just didn't work. It was it was never going to work, but it's like, oh. well, you can't come back how many years later. And, yeah. Yeah. You I know? had to recreate NWO. Yeah. It was just too, it was never going to. And it's like you're on Spike TV, asshole. And they should have been in the background off TV. I mean, I did like the match. Like, I'll, I'll say that. Oh, yeah. I'm saying good things about the match. It was, this was a good match. Yeah. I And I like how Bubba cheated, and then Bubba 
when Immortal was fighting and Hogan's yelling in the Abyss and Bischoff's yelling in the Abyss and Abyss looks like a fucking idiot and he's crying. And Bully's like, I beat his ass out there. And that was pretty funny. Yeah. He's like, I beat the shit out of him. Did you yeah. see that guy? Yeah. It was pretty funny. And they, they don't really, and they gave no shit. They gave no fucks. Yeah. They're like, fuck off, Bubba. Bubba is one of those guys to where, like, he would cheat to beat Mae Young. Yeah. Like, it would be one of those things to where, like, he would uh, he would throw Mae Young headfirst into an exposed turnbuckle to, to beat her. Because he's that much of a chicken shit heel. Again, I, I don't necessarily like the guy. But I will give him his credit. He is one of the best wrestling heels. Uh, he was one of the best wrestling heels of that era because it was so easy to hate him. I agree with you. Punchable face. Yeah. Punchable face, kickable dick. <laughs> All right. That's how we're listening to this. I don't give a fuck if he is listening to this. I just said I hated the guy, so I want him to. I go eight and a half. Thank you. Uh, I'll go eight, I'll go, go eight. eight and a half as well. I go eight. It was just funny, like thinking back to Devon's match with De Niro, Not that I want to think about that much more, but like today, like trying to talk him up, like yeah, the Dudleys were great to get Team 3D. It's like no, they're the Dudleys, but Team 3D were so great together, and now they're flourishing as single stars. It's like. Bullies flourish. Bullies flourish. <laughs> Devon is just like they're, they're trying to get Devon's fat Albert looking kid over. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not. I'm saying that because they actually did look. If you watch the Fat Albert movie, they look like they could be part of Fat Albert gang. I gotcha. Uh, yeah. Where do we go? I don't know. <laughs> Probably to hell, <laughs> but. Uh, De Niro, that match sucked. Yeah. And them trying to say it and trying to, like, it's just funny thinking back to that line when it's like, no, Devon's in match number three against Pope. And Bully, like, is close to the main event with Mr. Anderson and, like, a big-time angle. Like, there, there's a difference here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, they're not both. Flip. No, and I love Devon, and I arguably like Devon a lot better than Bully. And I think Devon's really good in the ring. But uh, yeah, just just my opinion. Uh, all right, Beer Money Inc. versus uh, Mexican America, Anarchia and Hernandez. Uh, Which it's like it, it was a, it was a it was a basic tag team match. Yeah, that's what this was. Uh, I love Beer Money. Anarchia and er, Hernandez was good when he wasn't in jail. Yeah, and he was good with Homicide. Yeah, not this guy. That was, like, LAX, that was the team. Yeah. I know they've done and they've done a lot of shit with Hernandez and different people, but him and Homicide were the team. The original LAX is the way to go. Unless there's some, a different team. You're well, I, I, no, no, because I like that team. I mean, when they tried to put him and Chavo together, that was kind of cool for, yeah, for a while. I mean, for a while. Yeah. Uh, and I... And I get bringing the chicks in for this, and this would, but to me, this is probably the worst incarnation of what they were doing with Hernandez, is putting them with Anarchia. Oh yes, I, I like Serena and Rosita fine enough, but uh, and Babyface Beer Money never really did much for me. 
it always felt like they were just an inherently heel group. Besides James Storm just being the way he is. I mean, I, I, lo- I, lo- I love Storm as a babyface. I love Storm as a babyface. I don't, I don't love Bobby Roode. I, I, I 100% agree with that sentiment. Uh, yes. But Storm as a babyface was... Because Storm had a sense of humor. And when, they, when he would come riding down on that fucking... He called the Boozer Cruiser. Yeah. All right. Which was basically it was a, it was a cooler with wheels on it. it, like legitimately it was a cooler with tricycle wheels on it. Tri wheels. Yeah. Uh, but as a tag team, again, I think they're one of the best tag teams of all time. Yeah. Even though I drafted Harrison Storm and not Harrison Rude, or not, I mean, not Rude and Storm, but. I do agree with you. They were bet beer money was better as it. It's just even the name for Christ's sake, beer I'm money. Say the beer money. That's, that's a heel name. It is. And cracking them with the beer to cheat and stuff like. Yeah. Fucking James Storm and sorry about your damn love. Like he could be a very baby face guy, but they just felt like a heel tag team. Yeah. Uh, but. This match I love I'll give this match a six out of ten. I'll say five and a half. I'll give it a seven. All right, main event, boys. You ready? Yeah. We got Kurt Angle yes. versus Sting. They go about fifteen minutes. We got Joker Sting, uh, but he's fighting for the company. Kurt Angle doesn't give a fuck. He just wants the belt. Uh, and but, his Percocets. And yeah, and Sting's fighting. <laughs> For the company and Dixie Carter's, Carter's honor and uh, yeah, Does all that shit. Any? I don't fucking know. And Hulk Hogan's not happy about it. So Hulk Hogan sneaks old Curdy Boy a chair and yeah, which at first like he was gonna use it, but then Kurt takes it and then Kurt hits thing. Which it does end up. Kurt does end up siding with him more. Yeah, and he wins the world heavyweight champion. Yeah, uh, that's why I thought it was a decent match. Yeah. Of, I yeah, mean, Sting was, getting, Sting was getting to the point, you know, Sting at this time was, what, uh, 52? Yeah. Of, I mean, and, you that. know, still working at this, uh, at this level, at, you know, at the age of 52, I mean, it's not like a lot of other guys at the age of 52 weren't doing this. No. I mean, hell, at 52, Flair was uh, helicoptering his penis on a flight attendant. Wait. Yeah. Yes. He's going to he's going to retire in March at their uh revolution pay per view and I'm pretty sure that that pay per view might fall on his sixty fifth birthday. So Sting is actually going to retire at the age of sixty five. Damn. I wonder who's gonna face I would think it's Darby. Um, Who knows? Yeah, would they give Sting a singles match? Yeah, he that's true. He hasn't wrestled a singles match since he's been back, right? No, I don't think so. No, he uh, But, no, this match was good for what it was. Sting, you know, and Kurt worked really well together. It's not their best match. No. But it was pretty good. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm giving it a seven. I give it a. I give it a six and a half. I, I don't like that Hogan had to come down and her angle had to cheat. But I understand storyline. I didn't like the ending, but I give it a six and a half. So. Uh, yeah. I love this match. I would make sweet, sweet love to this match. Yeah, which is why we had to watch this thing like three times. Exactly. That's how long it takes me. Uh, no, I thought it was. I thought it was fun. Joe, I mean, Sting's Joker shit. As much as I shit on it, it's actually kind of which fun you to watch. do. Yeah, but it's fun to watch a little bit. And uh, just because it's like, no one's taking this shit seriously. I, I'm not even anymore. And it's kind of fun. And Kurt's taking it so seriously. So that's why it's it's a fun dynamic, this match. Hulk having to be in the fucking end and cheat and fucking hand Kurt the chair. and uh, Yeah, fucky bullshit. You didn't need it for the finish, but I get it. I, I thought it was, uh, I give it a 7 out of 10. I thought it was above average, but nothing... Too special, right? Kurt's got better in him, and so does Sting. Yeah, I mean, and again, like this was a fun pay per view, though. Yeah. Even though it feels like we shit on it a little bit, I, I did think it was a good, enjoyable watch. Yeah, I mean, in 2011 yeah. TNA, which I'm pretty sure you could find a lot of 2011 TNA on YouTube, yeah. which is where they're putting everything. Yeah, and thank God, because <laughs> that's where a lot of that stuff needs to be. Uh, but like the 2011 TNA as a whole, even though like a lot of this stuff was kind of being dragged down because Bischoff and Hogan were, well, at least Hogan was kind of like, I blame Hogan more than I blame Bischoff. The only thing I blame Bischoff for is not, you know, uh, fucking giving Hogan rat poison. Yeah. Uh, because, like, Bischoff technically, Bischoff was able to turn around WCW. There's no reason why he couldn't turn around TNA if people would just listen to him. And when I say people, I mean Hogan and Dixie. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Like, they ju- like if they would just listen to him and not just go about her, she does not need to be in the crowd at every show. She does not need to be on camera. Like, your daddy bought you a wrestling company. Run it from the office. Yeah. You don't need to be on TV. You don't need to be backstage because you know nothing about wrestling. I felt like she kind of got a bad rap in ways, though, too. And, and when she did embrace the character, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. With EC3 and all that shit. That part I actually liked because she... She embraced the fact that people hated her. Yeah, when she leaned into it a little bit, and she's like, you know what, I'm going to be a female Vince. Because like, I feel like every owner of every fucking wrestling company gets a little... I'm waiting for Tony to fucking do it. He's already fucking doing it. He always has to have his face out there, the fucking attention whore. No, I mean for him to be a <laughs> Oh. But he kind of is a heel, though. He likes that to be back. Huh? I I actually agree, I agree with Doug there. I would love, I would like to see Tony Khan the heel. Oh my god. The guy three foot tall. He's a fucking little pipsqueak. Why do you want to see him be a heel? 
Who gives yeah. a fuck? <laughs> I want to see people beat the shit out of him. He's a little leprechaun. He's a fucking... I, I just... Even when he talks shit now, it just irritates me. And it's not like heel heat. It's like I want to shove my foot up your ass heat. He's just a little bastard. I, I don't mind him. Well, I guess I do. <laughs> I, I, yeah, think I know. I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Listen, if I was in his position and I had a lot of money, <laughs> I would do the same thing he's fucking doing. Yeah. And I would probably do just as good of a job, if not worse. But I just think he fucking sucks. And I think he would suck as a heel. I think he's already kind of a heel. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. I'm just making sure he never comes on. We're never going to get AEW people now. Well, they have their own podcast. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, Shivani's already taken care of it. <laughs> All right, final thoughts, and let's give it a rating. Uh, I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. I, I thought the pay review was fun. Um, I'm disappointed. I, I said in the beginning that the name of this pay review was Hardcore Justice. You didn't even get one hardcore matching the on the pay per view. I mean you got hardcore uh, country. <laughs> but I, I thought it was that no hardcore match. But other other than that, I thought each match was fun to watch. I I give it a five out of ten, above average. It wasn't the best pay per view, but it wasn't horrible. It was enjoyable. All right, Dane, you want you wanna go next or you want me to? Uh it was it was really good. I I thought it was fucking uh no, nah, it was it was mediocre at best. It it was 2011 TNA. I thought that they had a really good talent roster, but I don't know if they had uh the creative to really get it done. Right. So, that's kind of where they were at. I'll give it a 6 out of 10. I thought it was I thought it was it was a fun watch. Uh some of the characters, it's one of those things where it's a small company so people are trying shit. Some of the shit works, some of it doesn't. So, uh yeah. All right. So I think the best, to be honest with you, I thought the best match of the night was Bully and Anderson. And to me, like, that's technically what your world title program should be. I get, you know, staying in angle because they're the biggest stars, but they're getting to the point to where they're old now. Yeah. And they can barely move. Uh, I mean, Kurt Angle needs to call Rite Aid in order to get him to help him move. Yeah. So, uh, or CBS or whatever pharmacy he decides to use. Maybe he's a Walgreens guy. Who knows? Uh, but I, I thought this was a decent pay-per-view. But yeah, and you know, like you said, 2011 TNA, they had a really good talent roster. It's just the creative just, it's hard to be creative when your head is permanently stuck in your ass. Uh, and when Hulk Hogan is basically stuck in a room for six hours, smelling his own farts and liking the smell. Oh and my god! So I give the pay per view a six out of ten myself. So I guess we're all in agreement. Yeah. All right. Check out all our other shit. There's not going to be an unlimited this weekend. Yeah. No. Oh, we're not we doing tomorrow. Well. Yeah, no, uh, other plans. Remember, it's a birthday weekend. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. No, don't be no, sorry. Don't, don't be sorry. You didn't know until we just told you. Yeah, you're good. Uh, okay. We'll see everybody okay. next week.
Yeah, and we'll let everybody know what's yeah. going on next week once we figure it out. Yep. Love you. Hey. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.